Welcome to the podcast M&A War Stories. You're joined by your hosts, Robert Heaton and Toby Tester. Each week, we walk through M&A projects where we've been involved in the course of our careers, unpacking the good, the bad, and the ugly. Our purpose in doing this is to leave you, the listener, with valuable lessons and experiences that you can use in your own M&A projects. So without wasting any more time, let's get this podcast underway. And Toby, greetings from Melbourne. Greetings from Sydney, Rob. You've got uh, glorious weather there, which is nice to know. Well, we always kick off these podcasts about the weather because I have to be honest, it's been pretty shitty. I mean, the weather has been disastrous here in Australia. But I think for you to comment and also for me up here in Sydney, suddenly all... It's as if God decided that he left the shower on for two on and he decided to turn the tap off. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, we've got PowerPoint weather. One hour it can be throwing it down with rain and all of a sudden the slide gets changed and it's sunshine for a while. <laughs> and the slide gets changed and it's blowing yeah. a gale. Yeah. And, yeah. But there you go. Now, yeah. you've been doing some lookbacks on previous podcasts and you've decided to pick out the real disasters. To- yeah, I'll explain this one, Rob. Uh, because the funny thing is that we've actually done quite a few podcasts now. Yeah, we've done dozens. I don't know. How I many, know. How many have we done now? Is it like a hundred or so? I, oh, we've done a lot. And also, I haven't got the number, but we've done thousands and thousands of downloads. We've got quite a following here. I meant to tell you this, actually. Yeah. I forgot all yeah. about oh, it. Yeah. I got an email yeah. from a guy who's global head of M&A for a, a large organization. He's based in London, mm. although it's a U.S. headquartered business. Yeah. yeah. And he wanted help with their latest acquisition, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Where do you think he was motivated to contact us from? He lis- he and his CEO listen to our podcast every week. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. And this is a global oh, right. business. Oh, well, that's interesting. And, and apparently he and his CEO are avid listeners of our podcast. Oh, that's good. That's good. And oh, I'm glad. And he's coming to Sydney. He'd love to meet up with us face-to-face. Okay, great. Well, that sounds like good. I'm glad that podcasts are having reached. And the thing is, and I just what you just mentioned, is that we do success. As success, we talk about various aspects about M&A, what works, what doesn't. Mm. But we've also done a number of podcasts on M&A disasters. And, yeah, um, we have. And I, the reason why I suggest this topic to you, Rob, is that the Twitter acquisition, <laughs> which we did a podcast on, by the way, didn't we? With Elon Musk acquiring Twitter. It's getting a lot of focus at the moment. It's either the most incredibly successful acquisition ever, or it's totally full-blown crazy and a total disaster, but we just don't know yet. We don't. And in fact, I'm going to take you back to the beginning because I can remember a time when we sat down and we recorded a podcast on a particular M&A disaster of some sort, yeah. and we always finished it off saying, well, that was a doozy. It can't get any worse than that. And <laughs> And then, <laughs> and then, what do you bet? The next week, it did get worse. And I we know. Got one no, and that's what we're going to go through. Anyway, it was, it was, Elon Musk that got me thinking about what were the top five disasters that we've covered? Yeah. Well, I'm going yeah. to, I'm, I'm going to say something up front. Yeah. Because, and um, we will talk about those top five. Yeah. They all have one of five or more than one of five reasons why they were so disastrous. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm going to, read from your list here. Yeah, okay. You basically said it comes down to one or more of these factors. Absolutely. It was either deal fever. Yep. The valuations were too lofty. Lofty valuations, indeed. Yep. Um, It was ineffective board. Yep. 
lack of governance. Yep, which kind of goes into board, but I think sometimes lack it, of governance could be lack of process. The, there needs Correct. to be a yeah. clear set of steps. Whenever you're doing this, you go, ding, I've done that step, next step, next step. You're going through a process. Yep. Look, I look at governance as being the model that the board actually should follow. Absolutely. So they are interlinked in some way, yep. but essentially yep. the governance model, if yep. it's wrong, then the board's going to be ineffective yep. anyway. And certainly yep. if you've got a damn good governance model, yep. but the board simply ignores it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then yeah. you're going to get the same result. And, and the last point on your list was lack of strategy. Lack of strategy. And, and Robert, as we go through this top five, we're like my favorite or our favorite five answers. We hit upon each one of those, one or more of those points. We do. We do. And, and just for people that are listening, these are podcasts that we've recorded over the course of the many, many podcasts we've done. Yeah. So if you want to know about the detail of these, then yep. I encourage you to go back and listen to those. We'll put the links in so you can do that. Yes. But really what we're going to do here is just revisit them and go, what were the characteristics that made them go so disastrously <laughs> yeah. wrong? But, but let's just kick off with Twitter for a minute. Okay. Because I look at that, and I'm sure there's thousands of people around the world looking at what Elon Musk has done with, with SpaceX, what he's done with Tesla. Yes. Right. And you'd have to sit back and go, no, he's not crazy. No, it's not crazy. And I looked at what he started doing with Twitter, and I sort of compared it to a lot of tech companies that I've known of in my career Hmm. that sort of get fat and lazy. To be honest, Rob, the jury's out on Twitter, and we'll see. I can fully understand his approach in terms of cutting out the fat, because I think companies do get lazy. And when you do go through the acquisition process, you're clearly going through using m as a catalyst to cut out fat from an organization. Yeah. And that's what Elon is doing, and it's part of the M&A playbook that, that's something that you would do. Yeah, and for me, you it know. comes down to the fact that you can get two chief executives that look at the same sort of company. Mm. One of them will take a cautious approach and start to gradually slice dice and build synergies and whatever. Elon Musk's not that sort of character. He's got courage to, to just get the big hatchet out. and Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, indeed. And it'll really shake the whole place up. Yep. And if you think about it, one point not too many years ago, which was a startup, mm. and, and in some senses what he's doing is stripping it back to that. Yes, indeed. Well, should we get on to the top for Emmett? Um, we, sh- we shall. Let's yeah, yeah. Yes. Where's your where's your where's your number five? Well, talking about hatchet because you started off with using Elon. So let's talk about a hatchet guy. Which in, in this particular case, he wasn't Elon Musk. And I real I, I realize I, I call him Fred the Shred, but he actually had a name. That's this was the chairman of Scotland, Fred That's Goodwin. It. That's and right, Fred Goodwin. I'm going to just very briefly go on this, and just because I don't want to spend much time. But this is something that people really need to look up on, read up on it, because it is such an interesting acquisition and yep. such a disastrous one. I have to take you back to 2007. Royal Bank of Scotland did a disastrous takeover of ABN AMRO, a Dutch bank. And it was a massive disaster, the Royal Bank of Scotland. And it was a massive disaster for the UK as a whole because the government had to step in, in this particular case, and shore up the bank from stopping it from going into bankruptcy. Yeah. Because of this whole acquisition, it was an absolute freaking disaster. Yep. And the problem is, his name was Fred the Shred, Fred Goodwin. 
He was an egocentric bully who had a basically a desire for high-risk growth. Not to sort of tell on, but this guy was not so successful. Lack of governance, an ineffective board, and, well, it also was tied with the GFC, which didn't really help. It was the biggest banking takeover in corporate history, but it was an absolute incredible disaster, but very interesting story. And I think that one actually almost mm. ticks all five of those pre-conditions <laughs> we said. You it know, does. I mean, you've just, you've just mentioned governance, you've just mentioned strategy. Yep. You deal fever, which is that egocentric yep. type character. Yep. Valuations that were off the chart. Yeah. Right. And of course, it, so we've done this on a number of podcasts where mm. one individual, either the CEO or the chairman usually, mm. are egocentrical Bullies who yep. just bulldoze their way through everything. Yep. And essentially, the board becomes just a servant. The board's ineffective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and governance, and, governance is just given lip service. Uh, and, Robin, let's we go in. Let's get on to number four, because you just mentioned ineffective board. Yep. And there we go to number four. Here's another situation. <laughs> ah, this now, one's my favorite. This, I have to be honest, <laughs> we're, we're doing a top five, but I have to be honest, this is kind of what I enjoyed. Because it is extraordinary in so many ways. You're talking about HP's acquisition of autonomy. Autonomy, yeah. And this one's got everything in it. This is, it but really this is my this is my former former work colleague. Yeah. And dare I say? Yeah. Leo Apotaker. That's right. And of course, we did two podcasts on this one, Rob. Yeah, we um, did. So make sure you put the link in for this one. Very briefly, I've got to take people back in time. 2011, this is when Hewlett-Packard decided to acquire Autonomy, which was a UK software firm. And I won't go into too much detail, but basically it was a disaster right from the very beginning. Apotheker, the HP CEO, was sacked almost straight away by the board. Meg Whitman, ex-eBay, was appointed CEO. And it had everything. It had dodgy accounting. There was deal fever. There was yep. lack of due diligence and also being fair, careful about audited accounts. So there was an issue there. An ineffective board. And the fascinating thing about this one is that it did end up in prison sentences. So yeah, it did. I, That's right. Yeah, I remember. So, and in actual fact, I think it's still going through now. This is a deal that happened in 2011, and we covered this in a previous podcast, but this one's ongoing. This is a must-read, must-listen podcast for anybody who wants to know how M&A deals can really fall apart. Yeah, and one of the things I want to point out about this, I'm not going to go into detail about yeah. it, but the very first point of dodgy accounting, yeah, right, aggressive accounting practices. Now, late 90s towards mid-2005 time period, yeah, was a fair bit of that in the technology industry of mm. organizations wanting to nice, shiny results to Wall yeah. Street. Yeah. And so there was a few questionable accounting practices put in place. Yep. And the thing that hits me with this one is that anybody, no matter who it was, that would be dealing with a software acquisition in that time period mm. should have automatically looked at the accounting practices. I mean, I know. And you mentioned this before, Rob, I, and this is it's, it's pretty bloody obvious but in this particular yeah. case, it didn't happen. And you have to be honest, I know because you, you've got tech sales, you've got that background, and you knew implicitly. It all comes down to revenue recognition and all this sort of thing, and it wasn't properly audited. They didn't do a proper audit process on it. Yeah, and the thing is, look, 
supporting that accounting yep. practice at yep. all. Yeah. The thing was that companies would present these accounting practices. It would look great for Wall Street for the quarterly results. Yeah. And they would hope that they could then claw back those aggressive accounting practices in the following quarter. And most companies did yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. When you start doing that quarter after quarter after quarter, you get to a point where you just can't recover from it. You told too many lies and it's too late. So let's make a note. So we, we got top five. So we've done two so far, which yep. is Fred the Shred and Right Royal MA Disasters, ABN AMRO, yep. which we did a podcast on. HP's Disasters Acquisition of Autonomy. And the next yep. one that I personally quite like and I find interesting, what do you think, Rob? And that's the whole Daimler Chrysler. Uh, yeah, me you know, too. Because that one was fascinating. And again, we're going back in time now, back to 2001. And I remember this one very well when two major car companies coming together, which was Chrysler and Daimler Benz. And there are all sorts of potential opportunities to bring the two companies together. Again, it was a disaster. And basically, as far as I was concerned, it was wrong companies purchased for the wrong purpose with the wrong measures for valuation, which resulted in the wrong things being integrated into wrong operating models. This was all wrong, this entire deal. Yeah. Um, there are cultural issues associated with this particular deal. There are issues to do with operating model. In a, in, and when yep. I say operating model, we mean there are things that Chrysler was really, really good at. And they just wanted to just do consolidation. They never looked at the capabilities that Chrysler had and somehow preserved those. So they smashed through things that Chrysler was really good at yeah. and uh, for the sake of consolidating two businesses. So this was all wrong. Yeah. it's What's the East German car? That, uh, is it the Trabant? Trabant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you put a case study in front yeah. of students at university yeah. and, and said, this is a proposed takeover between Rolls-Royce and Trevor, yeah. Yeah. right? They'd, they'd laugh at you. Yeah. They'd give you a list straight away of the hundred things why it'd all go wrong. Yeah. And in many cases, this one and another one that we're probably going to talk about, which is the Alcatel Lucent yeah. situation, cultural differences were very much at play here. Absolutely. It's a really interesting podcast mm -hmm. that we did, I think, on what not to do. And so lots of lessons from that one. Anyway, I yeah. didn't want to say anything more about that one. So we've done three. Should we get on to number four? Go on. What do you want to put four? Well, again, you see, Rob, we've done a few of these. So let, let's let's see. I think the eBay's a disaster is costly acquisition <laughs> of Skype. Yep. And, yep. and this links back to HP in the sense that Meg Whitman was involved in this as well. That's right. Meg Whitman again. <laughs> yeah. She, she's involved in this one. So I don't know. I mean, should I paint this one sort of a... Yeah, go, go for it. So this was... eBay thought it could leverage Skype. Basically, what they thought, eBay said, oh, here we go, let's, let's see we can use Skype to provide voice and video channel for its customers and sellers to communicate. So isn't that a great mm -hmm. idea? Voice and channel instead of just messaging. And they paid $2.3 billion for, for the company. 2.6, I think. 2.6. Okay. Yeah. And I think the issue was, apart from the usual cultural clashes, the biggest thing to me for this one is that they didn't actually talk to the customer to figure out actually whether this no. is something they actually wanted to do. When you're actually transacting, do you want e email, voice, and video communication with the customers? I mean, you would have thought you'd ask and say, well, look, here we go. We're thinking of buying Skype here. But was this something you, you'd use? No. You think, you think of that another way around as well. Yep. If you were the CEO of yep. either one of those two businesses, yep. 
and your customers were continually clamoring for yep. some form of communication between buyer and seller and so on and so forth, mm-hmm. right? You, you think, ah, right, okay, there's a, there's a clear demand from our customer base there. Mm-hmm. We can satisfy that with this acquisition. But you can almost imagine this one being done around a dinner table uh, over dinner one yeah. night. And so after yeah. the third bottle of red. Exactly. You well, you know. Money will sound quite good after a few beers or a few glasses. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. This didn't <laughs> pass the smell test. I mean, it really didn't. And the fact that, and one thing we've mentioned before, Rob, is that you do need to talk to customers just to bounce ideas to say, is this something that customer would like or would appreciate as, as a value add? And this yeah. clearly wasn't. And lots of other reasons for why this deal didn't work. I won't go into it. But, I, think, um, I think there's one piece you do want to not go into, but there were some polarized cultural differences between Skype and eBay. Absolutely. Yeah, there were. Yeah. Right. And it's fair to say that eBay had a particular conservative sort of large corporate type yep. approach. Yep. Skype was all about democratizing the voice. And, and, of course, the other thing about Skype is revolving door of senior management. Their management yeah. teams were just... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they've had lots of issues. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was a really interesting podcast that we did, Rob, and lots of salutary lessons on what not to do again when it comes to M&A, yep. you know, eBay's acquisition of uh, Skype. But the last okay. one, maybe, I'll, maybe you, you can talk to this one, and that's the whole Alcatel-Lucent deal. Yeah, well, that's, again, good old culture. Yeah. Not only at the company level, but in a national sense. Yeah, you've got huge differences of, of one company being in the U.S., the other one in France, I think, from memory. Very, very different cultures at the business level yep. overlaid by national cultures. Yeah. This right. was a 2006 deal. It, yeah. It was, wasn't it? it yeah. yeah, it, it was. Uh, even today. I mean, I'm, I'm English by background, even though I live in Australia these days. Hmm. And there's... Very strong cultural differences between oh, the two countries. Yeah. And one thing that I'll say as an observation is if mm. you walk into any French business, a corporate business, you will find a very strong French nationalistic culture mm. in the business. It's one of the few places where it it's really evident. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and the other thing about the Alcatel Lucent was, was just that tyranny of distance, the cultural and language differences that mm. existed, flowed through to the actual strategic vision and then yeah. the execution of that. Indeed, indeed, yeah. And it all, it all flows through, Rob. Yeah, and, and everything took a hell of a lot longer than it should do. Yeah. And the, uh, that was one where they just ended up not able to be able to compete cost-effectively, because everything took so long. There was mm. so much dysfunction between the two leadership teams mm. on 12,000 miles apart from each other. I think they even had two CEOs at one time, one in France and one well, in... Yeah, uh, I, it, it just had all the hallmarks of disaster. It was never going to work, and it failed to compete effectively on the global stage. End of. Indeed, indeed. And so, Rob, we, I know we discussed more M&A disasters. We, we, we covered several. And I think from our perspective, these are what the top five are the five that we found most interesting, the most interesting disasters that we've um, covered. And I think yeah. they all come back down to the same old thing. And you know, like when M&A works, it, M&A works for a variety of reasons. But when it comes to the ones that don't work, they're often 
great similarities, and they each one of these have the same similarities. What is it? One deal fever. Yep. Two lofty valuations. Yep. Three a board that's not working properly. Yep. Four a lack of governance and process. Yep. And five lack of strategy. Yeah. And you know, all those sort of things, and then from that, well, there you go. Yeah, I could almost add a sixth in there, and I would say that across a lot of those cultural differences also played a massive part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yes. Culture is so far the one that sort of like underlies everything. It's about people getting on and working together and teams, executives. It's, it's a bit like software in that it's an mm. intangible asset. It is indeed. Um, it is. You you can't you can't pick it up and measure yeah. it to some well you can measure it but you can't pick it up and touch it and feel it yeah but it has a massive impact on the success or not of any acquisition and it should be something that is a serious consideration mm. as you're putting a deal thesis together yeah yeah but and if, all right I'm I'm going to put you on the spot a second yeah okay if we take those six yeah well you put it you put the sixth one in okay five well six, I put the six. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, go Six on. Six culture. Yep. What's your top three? Our top three would be deal fever. Yep, I'd agree with you. Deal fever, valuations, and yeah, two the two valuations strategy. Top three, Rob? Slightly different. I would say deal fever is definitely run number one. Yep, yep. Because big egos and all that yeah, sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, big egos. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, three and four are linked together. Lack of governance and process leads to an ineffective board. Yep. But uh, so that would be my number three position. Yep. My number two position is like a strategy. Number of yeah. times that I've seen deals yeah. that are envisaged over a, a bottle of wine or a, at the yeah. end of a board meeting yeah. or whatever, yeah. and they're expressed in very loose terms and they never get defined clearly from that point on. And I think when we say strategy, we're not talking about some sort of PowerPoint deck. We're talking about something no. that's very well clearly it articulated. And executable, so you can actually execute we're, from we're, it. We're talking about something that can be clearly explained to all yeah. the stakeholders involved, mm. and almost everybody is going to go, "Oh yeah, yeah, now I can see that. Good idea." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and it's clearly so. Yeah. yeah. Any yeah. case, Robin, going back right at the very beginning, that what triggered my thought about this podcast and what we're talking about is really just the whole Twitter acquisition by Elon. Musk. Yeah. We're going to have to see how that one goes, whether it's been a, an incredible success, Wolf shall find out, or an absolute disaster. And, and I imagine, depending on how long we do these podcasts, well, we might be doing a future podcast on it. We shall see. I am going to say that I look at Elon Musk's track record to date. He's not a conventional leader by any chance, mm. by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. He's a big risk taker. Yeah. But I think he's got the clarity. He knows what he's doing, I think. Yeah, yeah. He knows exactly what he's doing. And I think some of this that is making its way to the press mm. is a purposeful part of his strategy. Well, anyway, we shall see. I don't really want to talk about Twitter because there's so much more. There's a podcast on its own right. It's playing out now as, as, as we speak. Well, it, here's, here's a challenge to all of our listeners. If anybody yeah. out there thinks they know... <laughs> Where the Twitter situation is going to end up by the end of, let's say, 2023-24, yeah. write to us and let us know. <laughs> We'd love to hear what you think. Anyway, that's it for me, Rob. Good talking. Yeah, I think that's been a great podcast as always. Yeah. And I love the idea of just occasionally 
going back and sort of going, yeah, let trends that have been flowing yeah. through yeah. everything we yeah. talked about. So all together. Yeah. Now, I've just got to register one complaint. Oh, yeah. Because when you first put this idea to me and you listed out the top five, I actually sat there and I thought, oh, great. Okay, so I can just welcome people to the podcast, press record, and when Toby stopped talking, <laughs> I stop. Well, I wanted well, to rope you into it, Robert. Well, fuck, Toby, as always, it's been great fun. And yet again, another great podcast. It's my duty simply to say that we'll be back in a few weeks' time. I'm heading yep. into hospital for a knee replacement on Wednesday. So you're, you're going to become bionic, are you? you, you yeah. Is your bionic I'm, knee? I'm still trying to work out whether I want the USB port on the left or the right hand side, <laughs> and whether to and whether to have it Bluetooth enabled. But we'll see. <laughs> but we shall be back with another podcast of M and A War Stories. And until then, it's my duty to say bye for now. And goodbye for myself as well. Bye.